The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk a little startup marketing. Joining us is Melissa Kwan, who is the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar, which is the leading automated webinar platform that saves people from doing the same webinar over and over and over again for sales demos, marketing content, and onboarding. eWebinar turns any video into an automated webinar that you can set on a reoccurring schedule so you never have to do the same one twice. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, eWebinar is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So far this week, Melissa and I talked about why startup marketing isn't what it used to be and prioritization for startup marketers. Today, we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about why social selling matters so much. All right, here's the last part of my conversation with Melissa Kwan, the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar. Melissa, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me again. Always good to have you here. Always a pleasure to talk. You know, let's just go all webinars all the time today. That's what the people want. Am I right? <laughs> no, we hate them now. I don't buy it. <laughs> E-webinars founder, I understand you want to scale them. Webinars aren't all bad. They're a tool. And they're also a great way to put you and yourself, your persona, your personal brand in front of a lot of people. Now, we made the decision that we're going to talk about startup marketing, not webinars. So let's get a little bit into the weeds here with social selling. Webinars are, in a way, a part of this, but they're not the whole being. Why is social selling so important these days? Because we don't trust anyone anymore, and we look to other people like the masses to validate a product, an idea, a service, a news article. Is it true? Is it real? I think that's the reason why. What do you think? I don't trust the reviews anymore because... But we do when there's volume. It's how many reviews. I think the consumer broadly wants to sell for research and doesn't want to be sold to. You mentioned that there was a trust radius study that basically says people think negatively of brands if they're advertising, if they're marketing. So they feel positively about them if they're getting some sort of referral or, or some sort of indication that the brand is authentic from a different source other than the brand. Nobody wants to talk to sales anymore. Okay, I get it. So now what's happened is sales and marketing has said, great, 
we need to go flood the market with customer advocacy. So our employees are going to be advocates and build their personal brands, or we're going to go get all of our customers to write nice things about us by giving them an incentive, or we're just going to buy some fake effing traffic and we're going to go flood our page on Trust Radius or on G2 and get a bunch of reviews, podcast reviews. You can buy fake podcast reviews for like five bucks. Not that we'd ever do that, but podcast reviews don't mean shit. Yeah, we've got 200 positive reviews. They're all real, but if we had five or 500, it wouldn't make a difference. It's not what actually places you in the algorithm. So I just don't have much faith in reviews because I know how important they are to marketers, which means that marketers are going to game the reviews. So, But social selling is not just reviews. It's selling through your social channels as well. Reviews is one channel where people go and get validation. I trust reviews only if they come in larger volumes. So I definitely brush through them. And I'm talking like not just software, but restaurants. And I think we're very review focused as a society. But I think when you sell socially, like when you put your brand out there, you put your voice out there, your customer is not just validating what you're putting out there to the masses. They're also seeing like, who are you connected to? Do I know someone that's connected to you? Are you a trustworthy person? So I think social selling is so important now in a world where it's so hard to trust what's out there because it gives you many different levers to figure out if you can trust what's in front of you. There's a question of authenticity. And honestly, there's a bullshit detector that I think we all have when you are going through social selling, understanding what someone's ulterior motive is. Honestly, when it's somebody that's a representative for the company, it just depends on how compelling they are. And if what they're saying seems like it's authentic, not necessarily, obviously they have a motive to sell you their product or service, but if they have an understanding of the market, they understand your pain and then they've figured out an authentic solution for it. When you're talking to somebody that's outside of the organization, you can kind of tell if there's something behind them and it's call it spidey sense, call it intuition. You're reading reviews and part of you is doing the calculation of, does this seem like it was handed to this person by the marketing department? Or is this a review that they've written by themselves? When you're thinking about authenticity, how do you figure out a way to make not only social selling have the reach it needs, but also the authenticity to have people believe what you're saying? Isn't the best way to just be authentic? <laughs> right? Like you can only be yourself. I mean, I think that's the whole idea about putting yourself out there in the public is this is a chance, an opportunity for the public, ideally your prospects and your customers to get to know you without getting on a call one-on-one. -on -one. So how do you come across authentic? Well, I think just be authentic, then there's no guessing. But people have a hard time doing that because they want to sell. They have this motive. So to me, it's like, yeah, be authentic. That makes a bunch of sense. But how do you basically curb the end decision of what you want? I want this outcome. How can I give the right information to the prospect, but not also be self-serving? Yeah, I can only speak from my own experience. So I don't have this problem, by the way. I don't have a problem of like, oh, how do I appear more authentic and not like I'm self-serving? So I mentioned a couple of days ago that I post on LinkedIn daily about an experience. I post stories about, you know, this is what happened to me in the past and here's how I solved it. I realize that I get the most engagement when I post a personal story. So I'm never actually talking about my product. I talk about a story that someone in my audience can relate to and how people want to interpret that is kind of up to themselves. But I think a great way to share who you are that's not your product is just to share something personal about yourself. People love connecting with that because it's more down to earth. 
And there are definitely LinkedIn, especially where people are like, oh, look at me, look at me. And I hired a hundred people in the past month or like I raised a hundred million dollars and that's all I talk about. And it's just not that interesting. That's not the connection I think that people are looking for when it comes to social selling and connecting with a personal brand. I'll be honest, at times I've really struggled with this. I want to promote. I want to build my business. I'm focused on getting the word out there and trying to be visible, but I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be cheesy. We produce a lot of content. I want to promote that, but I also don't want to be oversaturating the market with, hey, everybody, here I am. So talk to me about how you find the balance. Like, What are the signals that you think when you are going over the edge in your social selling, but you're doing more selling than socialing? I use an app called Shield. And what Shield does, it's, it's a LinkedIn analytics platform. And what it is, you sign in with like your LinkedIn account and it basically pulls in all your posts and it shows you the engagement on each post. And the coolest thing about that is you can sort by engagement and then you could see, okay, my top 10% posts, what are those about? And it's very similar to doing customer research, right? You're basically looking at your top 5% or 10% posts and seeing what do people actually care the most about? And that gives you an indication of what else you can produce that is similar to those things that your audience best connects with. So I think that's kind of how you find the balance. Like if you put something out there that you feel like, oh, it's really self-promoting, but a lot of people actually like it, then that tells you that it's okay, right? Even though you're promoting yourself or you think you're promoting yourself, that's the content that people like. So you should put more of that out there. The reason why I arrived at, oh, when I tell a story, I get the most engagement is because I actually see that data. There's people that if you're an influencer and you've got hundreds of thousands of followers, you can spew out motivational quotes and hundreds of people like it, thousands of people like it. I don't have that following. I'm not an influencer. I can spew out the exact same thing, even though I have that experience and I'll get zero engagement. So what I know now is every time I have an idea of what I want to share, I actually write it like a personal story. And that's the type of content that at least my audience appreciates the most. We talked about understanding your audience and building the foundation of your marketing program by doing your homework, doing your research, figuring out where your customers live. What do they want? What's the problem they're trying to solve? And you're using intuition, but you're also using some data to understand that process. Now, when you go down the path and you're getting into your individual marketing channels, you don't stop that process. You still have to be introspective. You still have to understand whether the message is resonating with the audience, and you can use data to understand those signals as well. Social selling is an incredibly powerful tool, but if you are tone deaf to who your customers are and what content they're interested in, it's going to fall on deaf ears, and it might even make you look bad. So look, we've all struggled with this. It's hard to continually publish content but it is an incredibly valuable component to your marketing strategy. You just have to pay attention to what you're saying and whether people are listening and whether they're responding positively. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Melissa Kwan, co-founder and CEO of eWebinar. If you'd like to get in touch with Melissa, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Miss Kwan. That's M-S-S-K-W-A-N. Or you can visit her company's website, which is eWebinar.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. 
You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, or you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.